0: This episode is sponsored by O2. Check out o2.co.uk for details of O2 Refresh, the tariff that lets you get the latest phone whenever you want. And welcome to 361 Degrees Podcast, Season 6, Episode 7. Have I got that right? Yes. Yes. Oh, well, but then we'll leave this in. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ralph Blanford from the All About Sites. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review.
1: Where am I? Which way's out? Who are you people? What's going on? <laughs> oh, you should have come to me first because I was going to say I'm Ewan from the All About Sites just to see oh, if you know. No,
0: that would have been hilarious.
1: gentlemen, how are you this week? I feel very good, very good, yes.
0: Refreshed. Refreshed? Yes. Nearly Christmas. Almost Christmas. Have you been jolly? Now, I mean, I I suppose some people listening might not be... uh, They're coming for you, Ewan. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Some people listening might not be making a big deal of Christmas, I suppose, because we have listeners all over the place where Christmas isn't.
1: Such oh, but a... you don't really. I mean, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, it's one of those things. It's quite difficult to get away from, right? Yeah.
2: Excellent so, cultural sensitivity from Mister Macleod excellent, there. Excellent no, cultural no, sensitivity. no,
1: because I'm I'm well up for celebrating other other things, other events, and excellent. so on.
0: Name name three religious ser- uh, festivals uh, occurring this time of year. <gasps> oh, no, this,
1: no, this time of year, don't, don't bother. a Chinese it's New like, Year.
2: Diwali Eid,
1: right? Diwali, yeah. Well, Eid, thank yep. you very much, Blanford. Uh, if,
0: you, if you've been enjoying any
2: of Ramadan,
1: those,
0: if you've been enjoying any of those celebrations, or, or indeed any time of year when they actually occur, rather than now, as, claim, <laughs> as, year as claim, I hope you're enjoying them as well. The thing of the week,
2: well, related to deliveries, I was rather impressed by the idea of the Amazon drone or the Amazon airdrop. <sighs>
0: mm. and,
3: Blanford,
2: yeah, I, I thought about this and I thought. No, this is surely never going to work. The regulatory stuff alone to get this working. But even so, I couldn't help but admire the showmanship of uh, the head of Amazon announcing this on. I think it was Black Friday, biggest shopping day in Europe's history, giving himself loads of free advertising. So it was actually less about the service and more about the brilliant timing and PR of the announcement.
0: I I like the honesty, which is the drone just left the thing in the middle of the driveway, which is exactly how all of my Amazon deliveries arrive as well. They come home, trip over something in the flower bed. And what's that? Oh, it's 700 quids worth of speakers (laughs) in the rain. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. And you, you go and say, sorry, you were out. So we left your expensive product in the rain. There we go. So I, I, t- I just think I mean I love the idea of drones. I mean drones are cool. Yeah. As long as they're not firing,
2: things, firing up, yeah. things at yeah, you.
0: Yeah. 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 But dr- dr- I mean non-military drones are cool, but I was just looking at that and thinking, surely, surely nobody thinks this is actually a viable product.
2: Well, I mean the temptation to, oh yes, could you just deliver it in my porch and I'm accidentally going to close the door on the drone so it gets stuck.
0: Well, exactly, exactly. Although I do actually, I do actually want one. I mean I think they would make great. Can you imagine like a video podcast filmed with a drone or something? It would just be brilliant and fun.
2: Bring a whole new meaning to unboxing videos.
0: Exactly, unboxing video from like thirty thousand feet up. You know, exactly, th- c- crash zoom, literally. Um, <laughs> okay, um,
1: your thing of the week, actually, I've I've regressed, gents. I have gone back to a laptop.
0: Oh, it's on the desk.
1: In front I know. Of us. I know. I went in. I bought a thirteen-inch. It was a flipping annoying experience in the Apple store. I went down there, I had to stand there looking like an idiot. I almost did star jumps did like I had to do last time. With everybody
2: else, And it was just not a premium experience, was it? It
1: was not a premium experience. I mean, I know, th- I know the answer, but for the benefit of the listeners, mm. did you go
0: for the iP- the MacBook Air or did you go for the MacBook
1: Pro? I actually went for the Pro. I just wanted a little bit more processing power. I was happy for it. I t- actually just wanted a um, I'm surprised you didn't beefier buy- service.
0: I'm surprised you didn't buy something with a non-retina screen, considering how not important that is.
1: Listen, since there's a retina screen there, that's okay, but I'm not as precious as some people around the table. And um, are you are you using out about much? Yes. Yeah, I'm using it every day at the minute. Which is, it's just my work style's changed. I was able to get away with um, just carrying out an iPad mini and a keyboard, and that served me very well for about six months. But work style's changed. I had to be in London every day um, in meetings where I need an actual desktop computer. I'm sorry to say that's because of the organization I'm doing a lot of work at, at the minute. That's just how they work An arse, but so be it.
0: I, I still reckon that there, there will always well, there is a long term future for for very mobile computers. So the, yes, because the the, the mobility that there's 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 the need to work on the go where iPads and things come in mm-hmm. handy because you whip it out the bag and you yeah. can do browsing and stuff but if you work like we do where you land into an office or you, you have to travel places but then when you arrive you've got to be live you then deliver, do yeah. full-on work yeah so
1: it's a it's a smart looking device I, I'm, I'm pleased with it i, I was going to get the, you get the 15 right
0: i've got the 15 in front of me now and i've had that for a while but again it's it's a kind of a semi-desktop replacement mm. and i mean lugging the podcast gear around as well you know i mean this Studio. sound this sound booth is a, a real git to get on the cheek <laughs> in the bag uh, yeah uh, and uh, since you asked guys What's, What's your, your thing, thing of the week, week ben? God, it's, it's like, Sorry. T- it's like well, pulling and, and we know, usually. You just tell us, usually. Well, that's because I normally get fed up waiting to be asked. We're my, so
2: scared of sort of going against the all all senior, yeah, all-dancing producer that we don't mm-hmm. dare get a word in edgeway sometimes. P-
0: pr- 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 producer. No, just, just or, edit it out. Or, or ring- dictator. Ringmaster. Yeah. <laughs> this text, edit it out. <laughs> so uh, really? th- my thing of the week this week is there's a tablet gone on sale in the UK for £30. How long can they go? How long can they go? Now, we were talking about, obviously, tablets last week. Right. The, the thing that's cool What's about What's the this, name of this one, then? So this is the UbiSlate 7CI, mm-hmm. um, and I wouldn't have even paid it any attention at all um, because cheap tablets are cheap tablets, except that the guys behind this, a uh-huh. company called Datawind, yes. have form here, and that's, there's two, what, yeah, two, reasons, two yeah. reasons these are cool. One, Datawind used to make some... Amazing, kind of, Amazing kind of PD, a uh, very early kind of PDA devices, mm-hmm. and they pioneered two things that I thought were cool. One was kind of a proxy service that, that got in the way of all your data and munched it down and, and made it very, yeah, made, excellent. made mobile web browsing very affordable. They also pioneered gluing SIM cards into devices and having you pay for the, the data connection through them rather than through a, a network provider. Okay, so for that was it. That's right. The pocket yeah. Server. and we—I think you and you and I, I'm pretty sure—went to the Canadian embassy and spoke to the guy actually yeah. who's launching. Um, i say his name is Sunit, right? Uh, Sunit Singtuli, Thule, uh, a really cool guy. He's he's Canadian, but I think DataWinder are a now British company. Um, so this bears, uh, bears paying attention. A because these guys have form making very affordable devices. Mm. Well. But, crucially, they're also selling these devices in India where they're using them to enable people to access education and services. So this is not going to win any awards for the most powerful tablet. But I would be inclined, to be honest, to go out and buy one as much as an act of support for a company that is really pioneering cutting-edge technology in developing markets and, frankly, doing it in a good, smart way. They really know that market. So I was really impressed, and I got actually a lot of kind of uh, a lot of warm feelings towards Datawind because uh, I think that they, they they do a good job and they do it and actually they have found a, a good way to deploy their technology because a lot of people said that that when when t- technology in this country in North America where they used to sell those de- those de- devices became much more affordable yep. that they would just be obsoleted and they've actually pivoted into a r- much more interesting. So we just, uh, d- just
1: so we've got the, the specs here: five hundred twelve meg, yep. RAM, eight hundred by four hundred pixel screen, yep, Android four point zero three Ice yep. Cream Sandwich. Um, SD mini SD mini USB Wi-Fi uh, 37 quid exactly the it, interesting that's thing amazing. is
2: uh, you know, uh, as with regard to their history they're actually offering the same thing for 70 pounds and you get a, a year's worth of data albeit at their uh, edge speeds um, plus Wi-Fi It's useful and I think that's kind of an interesting you know, if you're looking to buy a cheap thing and have the full complete experience really mm-hmm. interesting stuff.
0: So, gentlemen, uh, what are we talking about this week, you and McLeod?
1: We're talking about apps and services, and I think it's, we're you a catch-up. What, what are the best apps that you're currently using, and what services are you currently using? Because I religiously pepper both uh, yourself, Ben, and yourself, Blanford, Rafe, uh, with questions to... Mr. Blanford to you. Yeah, Mr. Blanford, sorry, yes. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Um, to ask you, what what stuff are you Squire using? Because I, I get a lot of benefit from, uh, from your... Collective experiences uh, and the the topic of this podcast stemmed dear listener from uh, the shock i I had when I asked or I found out that Ben Smith is no longer using Gmail uh, for his primary mail systems because that, that that causes me to think, oh if ben isn 't using it, Ben does spreadsheets, he spends a lot of time investigating these things, he will put a
0: spreadsheet together with all the different details if he's, if he's if you are buying a if something terrible happens to me in the foreseeable future I want that as my epitaph Here lies Ben Smith he does spreadsheets
1: if Ben Smith is buying a dishwasher he will do a spreadsheet to define the characteristics benefits and so on right you've got to have your
0: success criteria clearly mapped out let's quickly do an email so uh, I I use fastmail.fm though um, so for people who who don't know it? It's a fairly long-standing kind of niche specialist. I say, what's wrong with Google Apps? I'll come to that. Okay. Um, so I use that. Uh, I like it because it's really powerful. It's a really good IMAP email provider. So it, it's um, the, the guys behind it run a really tight ship. It's a real kind of power user product, and it, it's it's now it's gone through a couple of iterations. But it was it was a standalone company. Then Opera, the, the browser people, bought it back in the day when they were trying to be. When they had service, service providers and things, and now they've they've gone independent again. Um, I I basically I got fed up with with Google Google uh, for two reasons. One one was I realised that far far too much of my life was in Google, and I was nervous about the reliability and um, access to services. So seeing things like Google Reader and things like that shut down made me think that actually I what I wanted to do was go and find somewhere where I could pay for precisely what I wanted, and so I wanted a specialist. Were you not a Google Apps user? I was a Google. I was a Google Apps. You user. paid money for that. I I, I I joined Google Apps back when they would give that give it to you for free at a certain scale. So I didn't, and I didn't want to have to upgrade to the full the full set. I I, I Google Apps was too big. It it got in the way of too too often um, new services and technologies that they that they launched weren't compatible with Google Apps. You remember back to Google Plus, for example, oh, yeah. when it first launched, it was only available for Gmail users and things like that. And frankly, I wanted more. Control of power. So, for example, in Fastmail, I can go and write my own what's called Civ scripts, which are advanced email filtering. And I get, and also um, the guys from Fastmail recognised that when iOS seven came out, the way that the way that iOS does its searching on on um, email folders. Is is really poor. It just deluges the server with loads and loads of requests, and it can bog them down. And the search results can be really poor. Right. So that those guys spotted that as a problem, intercept those requests, pros handle them properly, actually, you know, fake up results and send them back to to the, your email client. So it's about basically being like um, kind of really proactive on my behalf. That my stuff will work really well because they're paying attention and tr- and getting in the way and 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 um, sorting things out for me before they cause me pain. So, iMap searching works brilliantly on Fastmail through iOS 7. It won't necessarily work as well for other providers.
1: Okay. Interesting, enough. interesting. Yeah. That that's when, when he says something, Banford, they usually go, I oh. mean, Yeah, I mean, me, when, yeah, I mean
2: I'm, I'm still on a combination of uh, Gmail and Outlook for a couple of different accounts. And Gmail has been annoying me more recently. They've done some good stuff as well. I actually like the sort of tab filtering that they introduce kind of your primary inbox and then things for social and updates. But obviously, if you're smart about the way you do the filtering, that's pretty easy to replicate. But I've been looking at moving off. But there's the real real pain point in that moving from one provider to another is not very easy. I mean, it's interesting to see. It's really easy, isn't
0: it? Well, I, I actually also was getting irritated with wanting to try out more innovative email solutions like for example previously we've talked about those triage apps that quickly deal with email and realizing that because google because of google's conversation view and the way it files messages under tags rather than folders and things although that's all very great if you just live in in google if you plug in other other email clients to it it doesn't work well Mm. kind of multi-platform so Uh,
2: and and that's the kind of conclusion i've been coming to Um, I went the Outlook route for my personal email, main because I uh, dot outlook.com. outlook.com, which is the Microsoft version of, of Hotmail, Gmail. It? Yeah. Uh, and it's the new Hotmail. Uh, they're still doing Exchange, which has been withdrawn from Gmail. And that was a real pain point for me because it made searching more difficult. And yeah. Ben subscribed to the IMAP uh, thing there. There is still a pain in switching because your email address still is an important bit of identity no now, i have no separated at
1: all you just import the mail from that you just uh, automatically check it
2: i, I have uh, separated out my address from uh, a gmail identity but even so i think for people like that not a problem but for other consumers it is and there's been a couple of surveys recently that said um for 40 of users would like to switch email provider but won't do so because they just think it's it's too difficult.
0: I rate Fastmail. Of course, yeah. the, the problem is when you use Fastmail, it's just an email provider. So where do my contacts and calendar live? Mm. My personal contacts and calendar live in iCloud. I'm, I'm, I'm migrated <laughs> right. over. I, I know it's a it's a real it's a real pain. Are um, they working now? It it work it works that side of things works perfectly well for me. I'm very iOS centric and 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 um, and uh, Mac centric. There are hacky ways to integrate Android with those because iCloud uses standard CalDAV and CardDAV mm. standards for for holding this data. So actually, I've got my BlackBerry Q10. When, well, you know, when, it's when, on. When, when it's on, that, that actually syncs to iCloud oh, right. as well, and you can you can set up your Android devices. It is definitely the kind of thing where you, you have to Google the answer and go through it step by step, and you might want to use some kind of helper or third-party app. You can do it. So that's I wouldn't recommend that for someone who's not primarily iOS-centric, mm. but it's you don't need to have your contacts and your email and your calendar all with the same service provider.
1: That's why I'd be really interested to hear what readers do. Listeners. Who it? Oh, okay. Reader, readers with your ears. Well, yeah, they are reading it with a podcast uh, catcher, I think. Okay.
0: Let's keep moving. Come on. Right.
1: Like so, with that? Uh, well, that was email, and I, I'd like to ask you a perspective on your apps. What apps and services? What are the critical ones to you? And shall I begin, or have you got some lists? No, like well, it? I can see you've got a list I've got in front a big, front of long list. It's here. a list it's that whole page.
0: me, frankly. It's only a half an hour podcast. So. You know what, I
1: went through the whole... Right, I won't read them all out. Okay, so uh, mailbox.
2: Mission critical.
1: Yeah, these, these are the mission These are the ones that put asterisks next to them, see? Right. All right, okay. Uh, I should have used the, the laptop for this. but uh, So I use Mailbox, and that, that's the iOS uh, triage email app service. Uh, I really enjoy that, just swiping stuff. Um, I use Picture Life for photo storage. Right. It is, it is absolutely brilliant. I strongly, strongly recommend it. You need to have a look at that.
0: Why, why is it better than the built-in solution?
1: uh first of all you can use amazon well they, they use amazon to host uh host picture, your picture life but you can actually um use the picture life app and service for free if you store on amazon so you can use your own amazon account yeah. really quite like that i haven't done that i've decided to use picture life to run it for me but you can self-host basically. you can if you want yeah. yeah and that's really quite smart of them i think but i, I pay them i like the uh, the fact it's independent so it's not an apple centric one I, I don't want to be too apple here um, I like the fact that they've really given a lot of thought to how it works and how the the uh, the sharing of photos with families is nice and seamless, gorgeous. Um, and it actually stores the, f- the full resolution videos and full resolution imagery. It's re- very nice, a beautiful experience. What do you use for pictures,
2: Rafe? I'm using SkyDrive, but that's because all my you know, devices that I'm using as primary are a Windows phone and it just uploads them automatically in the background. And I've got, I think, about 10 gigs worth of photos and videos on there. I would look at some of the other options um, for, for storage. And actually, when I've been using other devices, I've got to the point where I've manually taken stuff on them and then uploaded them to, to SkyDrive just so they're all in one place. Uh, I want to check out Picture Life because it, it seems like a nice solution for me. I'm just susp- I suspect it may not uh, integrate particularly well with Windows Phone, but maybe it'll integrate with SkyDrive. Word of warning, I
0: started to use Everpix, which I very much mm. liked, which was a kind of a photo stream for for kind of multi-platform devices, multiple devices, and had some additional features, and had a really nice web presence. I particularly wanted... Um, I wanted to be able to share photos on the web with family who were overseas and things like that, which is is doable, but isn't as easy as I mm. would want through through uh, the Apple ecosystem. Um, and I and I just, I, I suppose you've already sensed, but I, I really don't even want to start to ask non-technical members of the family to sign up to Google Plus in order to use Google Plus Photos. Picasa used to be an excellent service, but yes. integration with Google Plus is, is too complicated and, yep. and intimidating for, for, for people who would be signing up just to use that service. So take a look. And Everpix has shut down. Yes. Ran out of funding and shut down, and I think that's a, a, a warning that I'm going to be very picky now about where I put my pictures. For now, mm. I'm just using the Dropbox galleries for short-term Sharing. Go and needs. have a look
1: at Picture Life. I, I'm paying them I, for for the a big reason, you know, in that I wanted to make sure that they're getting a service. Fifteen dollars a month. I'm paying for three hundred gig. So, I mean, uh, this, storage. But... I've got two hundred gig on the account. And that's thirty eight thousand photos. Fifty full-resolution videos.
0: I hope they I hope they last because that is going to be a real... Even assuming you've got a backup because you're not mad enough to do no, it all a, online.
1: Here's the issue. Have you got a backup you. of those pictures? You haven't got a backup of those no. pictures? No, I don't. So, uh,
2: uh, and this is the issue I'm, I think This, this more is generally. my primary
1: storage. That's, right. the, that's where... It, if that goes, that's a real... disaster. So
0: basically, if Mr picture Life decides that he wants a few quid, he just goes, Dear you and I've decided your account is too big, so I'm shutting it down. We don't want your business anymore. If you sent me a hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, I mean that I presume the reason you have so many pictures is is because it's basically all the boys growing up. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I can I can see Ewan has suddenly gone on his laptop to back up my pictures to an S three bucket, which is an Amazon storage. I mean,
1: well, they're I, you, they're already using Amazon storage, yeah. right?
2: But you can use your own one. And I think that that's good. But then, for the non technical person, getting it out of that bucket could be a bit of a point. Yeah. But this actually brings up a more general issue about these services where you're backing up valuable data to them when they're standalone or they're startups. For through no fault of their own, they will go under for whatever reason. And so this means, there's, for me at least, there's a tendency towards using the big guys, even if I sometimes sacrifice some of the usability. Which is, you know, like Ben. I mean, I'm using uh, SkyDrive in my case, and actually the sharing works really well. You don't have to you know, sign in or anything, and you can do it on a picture level or on a folder level. I, I do. I do miss
0: the. I do miss the integration with a kind of a media manager for my convenience. But actually, most of my pictures online are because I need to share or I want to share them with people.
2: Uh, and it's the same for me. You know, I used to store it all very neatly in folders on my computer. It, it doesn't work anymore. But um, should we move on to another service? Go on
0: then. Will you, do you want to pick one?
2: Well, I want to talk about RSS because I reckon this is something that would have changed since the last one because I'm pretty sure we were all Google Reader users. Oh, right, I, I Google used Google Reader,
1: Reader with a double E. Uh,
2: and what's annoying about this, this was a big guy service that shut down. Mm. I wasn't really ever given a satisfactory answer as to why they decided it's to shut it it's down. because
0: Google hate you, basically.
2: Well, it does feel a bit like that at times. Not so in core. I've switched over to using Feedly, and I think a lot was, of people have. That was basically because it was the easiest thing to do because they replicated the kind of the Google API and the experience, and it could just transfer it over, not really have to think about oh. it too much. I've since been using various Feedly apps on iOS and Android devices, and Next Gen Reader on the Windows Phone devices i signed up for a Feedly Pro subscription mainly to make sure the feeds I think, refresh no, they quickly. they did a Pro subscription. They, they've hidden it quite well, but I mean, it's but nothing also, on the app about it. You, I think you have to go through the web, and actually, you yeah. don't really get very many benefits from it.
0: Not at the moment. I, I'm a Feedly Pro subscriber as well. How much sure was it, it? was not
2: not $39? much. It was
0: some dollars, yeah, oh, no, no. for a year. Um, and, but however, I'm actually moving away from from them now, having you know found them to be the most. The, Obviously, the least worst option. Well, the least worst, them. yeah, a good choice of words, mm. actually, Rafe, because I really wanted everything just to stay the same. And for me, they they quickly adapted their products to have a lot of a familiar feel. And I know many of the real power users for RSS then went on to find other services and didn't like Feedly because it's a bit consumer. But actually, the the reliability, the, the apps, the nice UI, actually was just what I needed. But I've been a bit cross with them recently because they've been doing some sort of slightly shady Business stuff, and uh, and it actually, in, in in each case, they've they've reversed their decisions, but they've been doing some things which which readers maybe won't care about. But they've been replacing the affiliate links in some articles with their own. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means, for example, if you click in a, a blogger's advert, then Feedly gets the money rather than the blogger who wrote the post. And they've been. Um, Mm. when you share they've been they for a while they put a they injected a kind of an intermediate post so that what you did was you shared a link to Feedly's you know view of a page rather than the original page oh. none none of these are terrible crimes mm. but they all suggest that they're looking to build by, build viral build, build revenue these sorts of things oh. and, and and i think that the problem is that that it suggests that they may not be thinking about the readers first so i've i actually tried feedbin uh, recently, which has the advantages that Rafe mentioned earlier of being um, a Google Reader compatible, having similar API and having a similar level of third-party app support, it's nice and sort of elegant and simple. But it's, I don't think it's going um, to satisfy the real power reader craze. But actually, the other thing I noticed is that with the with the death of Google Reader, tons and tons of places aren't using aren't promoting their RSS feeds anymore. Mm, so actually, yeah. right now, I'm, I'm tending to um, I'm tending to save. Articles out of social media like Twitter or app.net or Facebook or something like that, and just just collect them in either you know, in Evernote or bookmark them or, or, or leave them in tabs open in my browser. And it's not really satisfactory, um, it, but I'm, I'm finding actually that that's just as good a way to discover a feed of interesting articles. So, um, next one up then, another category I want to talk about podcasts. Oh, I just use the default. Oh, phew, disappointing. What do you use, Rafe?
2: I'm using an app called Podcast Lounge, uh, and this is on Windows Phone. It actually originally started out as kind of an app for playing BBC content, but it's expanded to sort of do any kind of podcast. And it's great because it will download content automatically overnight on my phone. It just has to be Mm. plugged in and with a Wi-Fi connection uh, present. And... There's always content fresh, ready to go. You know, it does all the things it should do, like does having a built in search. It does. I've got 361 and the dulcet Excellent. tones of the three Amigos. Woo-hoo. And, you know, it's one of those things once you find one that works, it, it, it's great because it's kind of content whenever I want it on yeah. the go. And it will do a streaming version if you haven't downloaded it and it remembers where you are. And I really haven't got. Uh, any complaints it's a good thing it exists because frankly windows phone built-in podcasting ability is pretty shocking to non-existent if you look he can outside say that the us he said the
1: windows phone if you yeah. said he couldn't say it, if it had the word nokia in it and well, actually a bad that.
2: built-in podcasting ability
0: uh, and, and if you go to 361podcast.com slash subscribe as i know many of you like to on an almost oh, yes. minutely basis uh, podcast lounge is the is the podcast client that uh, we recommend as well although I don't know if Rafe knows, but on on his recommendation, having scoured the reviews. We've got lots of uh, feedback, by the way, on on the iTunes. Oh, we have got some lovely iTunes reviews. I I was having a particularly bad day at work the other day, and I read the iTunes reviews, and I was still having a terrible day at work, but I realised that I was good at something I wasn't being paid for, which was a nice feeling
2: uh so, so what about you ben what what podcast are you using well
0: i i used to use instacast which was an ios only quite elegant podcast replacement and and the the reason for for moving away from the built-in one was because i like you liked the streaming um i tend to want to listen to them when i want to listen to them and and um prior to um prior to background downloading being supported on on ios which is only a very relatively recent edition um the ability to stream was was quite a desirable one. Um, they also released a desktop client because I find one of the annoyances. I tend to collect podcasts when I'm desktop bound, uh, you know, sort of seeing mm. sites that produce them and thinking that was interesting or picking them up in RSS feeds or something. Um, and so the business of subscribing, even to the, through the native one, was a pain. Uh, recently, I've used, I've moved to Pocket Casts. Um, it provides many of the same features, but it's multi-platform. Uh, So it's available and syncs between iOS and Android. But more importantly for me, I really like the fact that they've got a good sharing ecosystem where um, from the app, you can share a link, which then if you open it on the phone, opens it up in the app and allows you to subscribe. So um, although actually... We, we, we currently have uh, instacast and dogcatcher as as, rec- as suggestions at least in in the 361 subscriptions I think I, I might be inclined to, to recommend um, pocket Cast as well although there's there's been a real flurry of, of podcast apps recently particularly on iOS um, uh, and for me they, they're all much of a muchness now but but much more advanced than the built-in one
2: yeah it's a category that seems to be uh, attracting more attention I think partly because the idea of Um, content on demand has sort of caught people's imagination a bit more now that tv on demand has become a a very widespread phenomenon and people are going well can i do this with some of my favorite radio shows and it is a particularly Mm. audience segment but it's interesting looking around family and friends by far the biggest use of podcast is is not to listen to 361 degrees i'm very sorry Mm. to say it's actually to catch up on bbc content now be that the today show or something else and i'm sure the the archers the archers absolutely or um the now show or question in our time it has to be melvin bragg it's excellent and 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 the the bbc obviously
0: because it's publicly funded does put a huge amount of its content out there but i know that there's this american life is hugely popular there's npr NPR shows in the states and um, i actually i don't really know apart from the u.s and um UK uh, markets, but it'd be interesting to interesting to see. Ewan, uh, I reckon we could probably squeeze one more category on, in before we run out of, more. of time. Tons,
1: well, pick a category. All right, remember the milk, and that is a really cool on all platforms. Typically, I think it's on most platforms. Uh, to do list service, and it's particularly cool because it does integrate with uh, what's what's it called when you push and hold. I've forgotten that Siri. Oh, completely, escaped, completely escaped me right hang on a second let's just take a moment while we think about the fact that you couldn't remember what Siri was called that's a branding problem it's Apple's problem not now mine get get out of the room <laughs> you are banned from mobile blogging I'll tell you anymore. so what's really good right is you do this
2: oh. seamless demo you can't use Siri either which is even sad How though.
1: embarrassing work oh computer well, it? hello it, it, oh okay my iPhone's crashed my iPhone is can what can I help you with? Well, that was a little while ago. You're too late now. Okay, I was going to say, what you do with... Thank you. Right.
0: Siri, can you uncrash Ewan's iPhone, please? Okay. Uh... Apple.com should be able to answer that question
1: and more. Oh, that's genius. Right, Thanks very much. Okay, so in it, uh, normally with, with uh, Remember the Milk, uh, that integrates with Siri. And you say, remind me to call Ben tonight at 10 p.m. Right or whatever, and it adds that straight it in. It crashes. It's, no, no, it adds a straight in the to do. The the remember the milk list is very useful. Uh, it's a to do list system that works very nicely for me. So do check that one. out.
0: Yeah, and, and all the integration with with Siri through uh, on the iPhone is a bit of a hack at the moment because what it does mm. is it Siri will only integrate with the built-in reminders. Yeah. but that can then be synced. Yeah, you onwards. can replace. So
1: what they've done, you follow the instructions on their site, and you replace. Um, they give you a URL, and you, but it works gorgeously. So I use that a lot.
2: Rafe Blanford? Well, I'm going to tra- totally change the categorization because I want to talk about an app that I've been using. Well, just before you do then, if, if you don't want to talk about productivity apps, because I'm no. look
0: looking at Rafe Blanford thinking, this is Captain Productivity sitting next to me. Um, I just want to give a shout out for Todoist, which is another very competent mm. um, task management. Um, I'll have a look. I'll have uh, a look. I, I, I like it because it's it's simple and and fast and and uh, lets me get on with with. With sort of actually the business of of managing my tasks rather than categorising them and the things, right. I like its elegance and it. Actually, I, I think I, I like the fact that the web the website is is very good and then the the the, mo, the mobile client actually is just as capable. So, um, very good and the the pro features are good. It, another tip from me, it's something that I've I've used in the past but don't use so much anymore. OmniFocus, mm. it's a Mac app. And iOS clients. So if you're outside that ecosystem, it won't help you. But it is the most excruciatingly, you know, full-on uh, task pro- t- task is management. Did you no, Was actually yawning there a minute. But he does look very tired though. Um, but uh, it, it's very, very powerful indeed. It's got huge amounts of tagging and rules and context and all these sorts of things. Um, I actually, in the end, found it overkill. I found myself spending so much time managing my managing. I didn't actually <laughs> do any doing. Um, however, if you have complex t- projects that need managing, that is absolutely kind of the the A grade of iOS based and, and Mac based t- uh, t-
2: productivity tools. I've actually been using a, a web service called Asana for doing a certain amount yes. of kind of projects. I've used that
1: on Teams management. before, actually, very good. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: and it works well in Teams. You can also use it as a as an individual, and there are apps available. For it, the main platform, I was developed third party ones. There are some third party ones. I'm sure it was developed by some people who came out of Google. I, I, I think that's right. Yeah. Yes, it was but either B-S-S-A-N-A. Google or A-N-A. Facebook, and it, it, it's a nice app. Uh, but to finish it off, you know, given the Christmas uh, spirit and all that, I want to talk about. Nokia music because I also get to fulfil my talking about Nokia per episode requirement. Awesome! Yeah, uh, this is you a know, service
1: listening. There's a big someone somewhere just going to tick. Yep.
2: This is a, a, a service that I think doesn't get the attention it deserves, mainly because it's limited to the Nokia devices for obvious reasons. It's just been renamed. Oh, okay, It gets the attention it precisely. <laughs> <deserves>. <laughs> the, it, it's just been renamed to Mix Radio, and it's in one sense it's just like Pandora and any of the other streaming radio services. But it's completely seamless, and it's a mobile-first service And that you start the phone, hit the icon, you don't have to sign in, it's completely free, there's no adverts, and you get a a series of mixes or playlists under different genres and categories. They've recently updated it to have a feature that's a personalized service based on your favorite artists, and so it's one tap to get into a personalized music stream. It works on the Windows tablets, there's a web version so you can share with your friends on iPhone and Android devices. And for a company that's been criticised a lot of the time for not creating good services, they really hit a home run, I feel, with this. And what really brought it home to me was i um, got a Bluetooth music receiver attached to the hi-fi at home. And this allows you basically to send audio from your phone mm-hmm. to the stereo speakers. As I came in to hear Christmas music playing, I thought, oh, that's great. Someone's Someone's found the Christmas CDs at the family home. And no, they hadn't it was a family member using Nokia music with the Christmas mix list because no one could find where the Christmas CDs had gone. Did you notice that they were just sobbing quietly? They were sobbing (laughs) quietly in the corner, that's right. But it was kind of that realisation... Mum, don't don't make
0: me use Nokia music. No, Rafe's coming, Rafe's coming. Come on, just turn it up. It'll make him so happy. He'll be so pleased. Come on, just fine. It'll be like a Christmas, you won't have to buy him a gift. Don't even have to get him a card. he'll, He'll just be so happy.
2: So, yeah, a cynic like Ben, who obviously hasn't had the joy of using Nokia Music or an NSC-enabled Nokia Music transmitter, clearly doesn't know what he's missing out on. Yeah,
0: I literally don't. Even. So, uh, Christmas, uh, a Christmas uh, recommendation, Ewan?
1: Uh, right, if you're going out this week, Halo in London and in various other cities for taxis. And by the way, if... Um, I'll go and look it up. I've got a, a code for you. If you haven't used Halo before... As a user, they sent me a thing saying, "Tell your friends, and they each of them get fifteen quid's worth of credit." And what I'll, do you I'll get?
0: Nothing. Uh, uh, a kudos. kudos. Oh, so, so we'll, we'll, if if you find that, we'll yeah, put I'll that we'll in the yeah. show notes. And yeah. um, if you're going out this Christmas and drinking, as you should be, I advocate it. Although, don't drink and do anything. Responsibly. Drink responsibly, kids. But um, if you can get it in, your, if you get it in your face, you're grand. Um, the, I would recommend um, an app. I've got on my iPhone called Vivino. It allows you to go Ooh. out and take a picture of the bottle of wine you're drinking. Right, and that it will clever. tell you all about it or possibly even help you find... How from... much cheaper you could have got on showrooming. Well, yeah. it, well actually, it, it's... I think it will help you. And there's an update just come down actually, but I think it will help you find out about the cost and things. But actually, it's more about knowing a bit about the wine. So, for example, if you're going out for a lovely dinner and you'd like to know what's going to go with your meal, or if you're recommended one, or if you had a really nice bottle of wine and you want to mm. tag it and, and remember gaucho. in the future.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm. So I, I often, uh, you know, you go to if I go to a nice restaurant, you ask for a recommendation because somebody who knows what they're talking about will, will suggest a nice wine, and if you like it, you can just snap the label. Great way to save save the wine. Save uh, the things you've drunk, but also a great way to find out a bit more about so them. What's as it well. called? Vino? V-I-V-I-N-O. V-I-V-I-N-O. Vino. V I V I N O.
1: Oh, v I V I N O. That's, I'm getting a, uh, a domain name that's free, is it? Uh, well, I V-Vino. think. Well, obviously, Vino is, uh, is the
0: mm-hmm. Latin for
1: wine, isn't it? So. Yeah, but Vino. Vino. Well, I meant... Oh, look, Touch ID, Touch ID. Let
0: me just, <laughs> there we go. And um, I think we'll call it quits there. And uh, time for listeners' letters. Mm. Although, don't write into us. Letters. Spi- letters, 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 letters. Oh, come oh. on. No, no. Letters.
1: Letters. 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 Letters.
0: Hooray, it's listeners' letters. Um, Rolling his eyes. I know. <laughs> uh, so, Enjoy. So, um, this week's podcast is sponsored by the amazing people at O2, who are properly awesome. Thank you very much to them. And that means this week's listeners' letter wins... An HTC One. And HTC One. I think actually briefly for the last couple of weeks, we've been the only legitimate way to get an HTC One because they were briefly banned, weren't they, due to the, some kind of patent dispute. You couldn't buy them. Oh, that's
2: right. Yeah, this is to do with a dispute with uh, Nokia. And oh, here we go. I just can't, I can't, can't escape. Yeah. I'm telling you a fact here. No, facts. And <laughs> it's actually to do with a particular implementation for data transfer and some euros but, and various other bits, but we won't get into that. Let's no, not. The court found in favour of Nokia, but there's been a stay in the decision, which basically means there's a temporary suspension of the decision until HTC can appeal it. Which means they're allowed to continue importing the devices impacted by the decision.
0: And what that means is we are able to give this week's listeners' letter and just one, um, uh, just one letter this week, uh, yes. who, who's winning the prize. And uh, well, actually. He was good enough to record uh, a
3: question for us. So, um, his name is Jim Edwards. Let's hear what he had to ask. Hi there. My name's Jim Edwards, and I'd like to ask Ben, Ewan and Rafe about a subject that's been niggling away at me for some time. I hear the term um, in relation to mobile devices all the time that a certain mobile device, a phone or a tablet, is... Industrially designed. I'd like to ask firstly, has the term industrially designed been used so often as to become meaningless now? And as a second question, could each of you give an example of a device that in your opinion is either a is industrially designed and b is definitely not industrially designed thanks a lot for your time really appreciate what you guys do it's great listening. Well, there you go. I mean, Jim clearly wins just pure for purely
0: having excellent taste. If, if nothing yes. else, yes. Congratulations, Jim. So, so, well, first of all, Jim, thank you. Uh, I have to say, the the term industrial design doesn't niggle me as much as it does you. It niggles me, but, but I'm with Jim. I can respect a man no. who is properly upset by the detail. That <laughs> I can respect anyone who cares that much. And so, uh, Jim, congratulations. You have won a HTC One from O2. We will be Ooh, in touch. But wait a minute—is
1: it industrially designed?
0: Well, there's a question now. The interesting, um, the interesting thing will be: what does industrially designed or industrial design mean? Because I think, Ruth Blanford, the term has been abused.
2: I would agree; it has been abused. I have got the kind of not official dictionary definition, but a definition of this, saying it's the use of both applied art and. Applied Science to Improve the Aesthetics, Ergonomics, Functionality and Usability of the Product, which I think is a, a, a kind of a long-winded way of saying it's been designed properly.
0: Or it's not Samsung. I, I, <laughs> I always thought, actually, but let's joking aside though, I always thought that the key thing there was that for, for many for many years, the design of the product was really what shape could you make it out of plastic, and the, the, the arrival of the term industrial design related to the fact that the manufacturing process began to play a really big part in the quality mm. of the product. So it was liquid metals, it was high-quality plastics, it was ve- it was the kind lots of, of... machining. B- lots of machining. It was very, very high-precision high parts or um, crystal glass, for example, but but to, to achieve a very, very high-precision output. And I would say, Jim, although it has been abused... The products which are often referred to with excellent industrial design, like the iPhone or the HTC One, of which you are now a proud owner, pauses. I I think there should be like a round of applause or something in the background there, Um, Mm. that they are are industrial design. They are industrially designed and industrially designed well. Right, as opposed to
1: plastic Galaxy S, whatever is...
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean what, what's
1: given? A, uh, answer the guy's question, then answer Jim's question. Well, what what's a a, a good good phone uh, that's been industrially designed? I I can't get away from saying an iPhone. A bit, bit boring, I know, but you know that that's been machined, and clearly they've put a bit of effort into it. I think is
0: probably a, uh, a nice definition. Let me steal Ralph Blanford's thunder. Yes, I think m- much of the Lumia range has excellent industrial okay, design. Yes, yeah, I accept um, that because why? I, why? Yes. Uh, well, it, it's it's well made. It's solid. It's pleasant to use, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But, but for me, crucially, the part the where I want to highlight industrial design is the the really clever use of manufacturing processes to give either a more pleasant feel or a more pleasant appearance. So, for yes. example, some of the cases on the Lumia devices have two different colours of plastic, and the light going through them and the combination of the colours and things gives a, a you know a really pleasant effect. And it's only the very skilled application of those two. The, the, the manufacturing process that allows them to do that, that actually enhances the design. Anyone can squirt plastic into a mould, but Nokia have found a way to do it that positively enhances the product. Right.
2: Yeah, And I was going to say, uh, kind of a shorthand way of explaining this is it's product that, uh, are termed having extreme design, and it's often when you've got a case and I'm thinking a shell for the most part, and it can be polycarbonate, it can be metal, that you then fit everything else inside, and as you say, it's a result of laser etching. It it can be more than that, but you're right. It's any kind of design process which feels like it takes place on an industrial scale, which might be carving something out of a block of metal or plastic, and you can distinguish that from the phones that have come before, which were basically bits of plastic all sandwiched together, that when you dropped... Would sort of break apart into multiple oh, pieces. Do you remember those days? That but was even those phones, to an extent, could be designed with an industrial in mind yeah. versus that just break if you drop them. And oh, it was
0: so annoying when you dropped the phone that it broke into six bits. And so, a device that has poor industrial design, I think, is, for example, the new um, Samsung Note 3, uh, because it has this sort of faux leather back and this yeah. p- printed in stitching and things like that and and there i don't think that the manufacturing process and the, the 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 way that that is produced is actually enhancing the product i think it detracts and the cheapness of the materials actually make it noticeably bad i mean you turn it over how you feel about the other side i don't know but the back i think it is, is horrendous
2: i think we should also note that a lot of the time industrial design is actually applied to something which might be more properly called Uh, design modernism and this is the ideal where the brave knowledge download form should fit the function and so a lot of design in mobile phones used to be extraneous to the requirements Mm. and now we're seeing it's often referred to as minimalism as well the idea that you get rid of as many buttons as possible you have pure surfaces and that has become associated with industrial design we have it on the iphone we have nokia talking about pure design we have htc about minimal design and all the best products that get talked about as industrial design have those characteristics mm.
0: and, and let's be clear jimmy in answer to, to, to your question as well industrial design is the process industrial design isn't good or bad. It's the attempt to 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 do a certain type of design, and so and I think you're right. The term gets abused because many people use it as uh, to give a credit or to 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 praise a product as being industrially designed. And what they mean is, in their opinion, it has been industrially. It has good industrial design. There's one more HTC one to win. There's some more phones for you, uh, accessories to to receive. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is comment, write to us, email. Uh, write a letter shout at your no don't shout at your iphone but you know pretty much any way that you can reach well, us and how
1: do you do audio notes
0: to make it easy well in, in jim's case jim simply went to 361podcast.com yeah. found the envelope icon in the top right and sent us an email with an audio attachment but other people uh our previous uh, our previous questioner has recorded on something on soundcloud mm-hmm. or you could just send us a tweet uh, and say guys how can we do it and we would set you up as ever thank you very much gents always a pleasure Love you. Yeah, well, uh, uh, fondest regards
2: <laughs> to you too. Fondest regards to all our listeners as well. And I think it's Peace time to say happy, happy Christmas man. and all the best for the new year as well.
0: Yes. Ha- hope, hope you all have a lovely Christmas. If you're having a holiday, enjoy. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, don't eat too much uh, don't eat too, I turkey. I hope Santa's good
1: tonight. to you all. Indeed.
0: Indeed. Right. We will be back in the new year. Actually, no, we won't. We, we, will, be we will be back. We'll we be back just before the new year. Back just before the new year. And then we will be talking about all kinds of exciting things. Are we going to talk, we promote the 361 uh, New Year's party or not? Uh, no, that's a secret. We won't turn it on the panel. Right, okay. Okay. Right, right. In fact, I think the, uh, we ha- I hadn't invited Wraith. Oops. Okay, uh, we'll be back next week. Have a lovely Christmas. Bye bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast you can comment subscribe and catch up with previous episodes at 361podcast.com if you're an iTunes user we'd be jolly grateful for a five-star review there's a link and pictures of how to rate the show at 361podcast.com slash rate each review makes it lots easier for new listeners to find us